Hang with me here, okay? Because some of you might have already said, oh my goodness, what kind of a sermon is this? Okay, but, but hang with me here, okay? Don't, 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 don't get uh, uh, bent out of shape just yet, all right? You can do that afterwards if you still don't like it. But uh, let me tell you, in case you're one of those that you saw that, you know, you, a trailer, something similar to that in a commercial, you know, and you're just flipping by. You say, I'm not watching that. Let me tell you what, this, what the movie's about just a little bit, um, is that there is a secret government agency. Okay, now... That almost is never good, right? <laughs> a secret government agency. And there are these uh, imprisoned supervillains, okay, criminals, people that have been uh, arrested by some superhero, you know, and they've been tried, they've been thrown in jail, they're in prison. Okay, so all, already, you know, two groups of people in this movie, that's, that's what we're introduced to at the very beginning of the movie. And it's like, oh, wow. How in the world is this going to work out? So the secret government agency recruits these uh, imprisoned supervillains to do some, uh, some very dangerous operations, and they're doing it. The reason that the supervillains want to do it is that if they'll do this, they get clemency. They get let out of prison. Okay, now, that could never go wrong, right? I mean, that sounds like the perfect plan, Right. You know, for a secret government agency to go get super villains who are already in prison and say, come and work for us. That's why, though, that the, the tagline to the movie, Suicide Squad, is worst heroes ever. Okay, now it looks, and I, I think this is one of the things we talked about. I even had some people, when I told them I was going to do a sermon, kind of kicking off from Suicide Squad, I had some people, you know, you know how... You ever seen a dog hear a noise that was unfamiliar to them? You ever seen a dog, and you know, what do they do? You, ever seen, you know, they cock their head. Like, I had some of y'all do that when, you know, when I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a sermon on suicide. I had some people kind of cock their head a little bit like, what? 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 You know, what are you going to really do? Yeah, and you know what? After I started, you know, seeing, because I, I'd, I'd read about it, you know, here's the plan and everything. And then when I started seeing the clips in the trailer, I almost cocked my head at myself a little bit and said, God, are you sure about this one? Because, man, it's, it's so dark. Now, uh, and and, and I, I hear that some, some of you guys have already seen it, and I hear that there are some lighter moments in it and everything like this, and, but it's so dark. I'll be honest with you. I think this is the one movie of the whole summer series that I'm, I'm probably not even going to see. So you're going to, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I've been, I've been reading a lot of reviews since it came out last weekend, just so I, I, I could, you know, make sure I'm kind of staying with it a little bit. But it, it, the whole movie's not important. But this is this is one of the reasons I want to I wanted to start here. I felt led to start here is the darkness of it. Is that we see darkness and man, we want to run. Hey, can I tell you the last three days I've been in Honduras. I have to tell you, I've seen a lot of darkness there. And, and you know, you, you go into these places where you've never been, and, and, and it's, it's really strange the things that, that catch your attention, right? You know, and, and you see those things, and there's such darkness. But then you, then you come home. Maybe you come, like, from a foreign country. Or maybe you just come home from one of those bad days where you've seen a lot of darkness around you. And then, if you're really in tune... All of a sudden, you'll start seeing darkness in some familiar areas around you as well. You see, we don't have to watch a movie to see darkness. We don't have to go to a third world country to see darkness. 
because it's literally all around us. Let me, let me tell you about another story. Some of you have seen, seen a movie made out of this story called The Passion of the Christ. You ever, you ever, some of y'all seen that movie? I mean, it's, for some of you, it's an old movie, right? I mean, it's, it's probably as old as some of the people sitting here today. But it is, man, it is, let me tell you, it is dark. But you know why it's dark? It's because it, it, was, it depicts one of the darkest days in all of human history. You know, and, and I, know, I know you want to say, but pastor, it's depicting when Jesus Christ died for our sins. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it's depicting. It's depicting when, when Jesus Christ died for our darkness. That's, what, that's why he had to die. He didn't die just because you're a really good person and he wants you to have a really great life. No, he died because you're a really dark person and he wants you to have a great life. You see, there's, there's all kinds of dark stories around us. And what I see in myself also is I see the same darkness. I see, I see uh, the suicide squad and, and I, I see, yeah, this is me. I'm also one of the worst heroes ever. I mean, I just, I just hope I can, I mean, if I can get up to that level to just be one of the worst heroes ever, because there's, there's a bunch of them. Do you know that? You go to the Bible, you find a lot of dark people that God pulled out of prison and turned them into some of the worst heroes ever, like the disciples. I mean, I could preach here a long time about this darkness and about the people that Jesus used. But he, he called his disciples. You remember Thomas, the one who doubted him he, right after Jesus had done all this, died for him, and he, and he said, I'm not really sure that's you or not. You know, or, or James and John, who, who uh, they, were, they were all fo- all focused on their own thing, you know, maybe getting a little jealous of somebody else getting some time. And, and they were like, uh, Jesus, now, when, when you come into your kingdom, we want to be right and left-hand men for you, okay? You know, or Judas, Cal reminded us of Judas last week. I mean, this guy, he might not have had a dark past, but he had a dark past hidden somewhere that somebody maybe hadn't seen, but God saw it. But still, he said, I can use this. And still wanted to use it. Or, or, or Simon Peter, probably the most famous, the most noted of all the disciples. And yet, who was he? I mean, he... He was the guy with, I mean, he displayed a temper at times, right? You know, Jesus getting arrested, he reaches, pulls out a sword, cuts off someone's ear, and Jesus rebukes him. Well, that's okay, but maybe Jesus needed to rebuke him because it wasn't too long, just a few hours earlier, he was rebuking Jesus. Do you believe that? Yeah, and and just a few hours later, you know know what he would be doing, right? You, You know the story? That he would be lying and denying that he even knew, he just cut a guy's ear off for Jesus, and just a few hours later, he's saying, I don't even know the man. You know, lying and cussing, you know, that's what we call it out here in the South, you know, cussing, not, but cursing, you know, I don't know the man, and isn't it crazy how, how some of us do, you know? We, we tell something, and, and people don't understand, uh, people don't believe us, and so what do we do? We, we get more adamant about it, you know, and throw, oh, yeah, 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 and that's what, that's what Simon Peter was doing. This guy, I mean, you know, he was, and he, what did he do? He, was the, he preached the first Pentecostal sermon, Acts chapter 2, when 3,000 souls got saved and God was working miracles in the streets of Jerusalem. Who was that? Simon Peter, one of the worst heroes ever, just like me and you. And in all of the darkness that we have had in our life, What does God do? What does God do? But he looks beyond all that. He looks into our prisons, and there are many kinds of prisons these days. They all don't have cells, and they all don't have locks and bars on the windows. 
There are many kinds of prisons today, and God looks into the darkness of our prison, and he says, I'll let you out, and you can be one of my worst heroes ever. Wow, what, what, what an amazing opportunity God gives us. And, and yet some of you are still sitting back there. And I was thinking just a few moments ago, again, again and again, we say it around here, again and again, and I think people still don't, they still don't embrace it. I, I think you get it, you understand what we're saying, but you're not embracing it and accepting that this is true about you, is that everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus Christ. And he wants to let you out of your prison and say, come on and be one of my worst heroes ever. How do you go from, how do you go from prison? And I, I think I'm going to skip one here, jump ahead right here, Tommy, if I can. How do you go from being let out of prison to the other side? How do you go from zero to hero? How do you go there? How, how does that happen? So let's talk about changing sides here for just a moment because, you know, I, I think what a lot of us do is we say, okay, God's going to show up and, and, you know, he's going to clean me up and he's going to fix me and I'm going to just be perfect. That's, that's not the way it works. You are perfect. I love that song we just sang. And wow, I, I didn't even realize we were going to do that. And, and the way it just came over me just a little while ago that it is well with my soul. Oh, do you know why that, you know why that, I hope maybe, maybe somebody else will get this with me and this will be the blessing to you the next time we sing it as well, or the next time you hear it, or, or even the old, old song that that came from, is that when, when I hear that, it is well with my soul. You know what, you know what it reminds me of? That when I'm in the middle of all the darkness that is around me, and when the enemy is trying to destroy everything that God has blessed me with. When, when, when he is, and man, the enemy attacks everything we've got, doesn't he? Man, I'm looking at some of you. Some of you are dealing with, with uh, health issues that, that the rest of us can't even imagine. Some of you are dealing with personal issues. Some of you are dealing with financial issues and like they just won't quit. But all that the enemy can do against you, and yet still, I'm standing here today, and he can touch all of that other stuff, but down inside of me, there is a soul that has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I can tell you this, when, when this body finally goes down in that darkness of death, it will still be well with my soul, amen? Amen, yeah. What, what, what an encouragement, what an encouragement there. So how do we get there? We all have to choose. It's well with my soul. But if I'm going to be the hero, I've got some stuff to do. God will help us, but he's not going to do it, okay? So I want to show you, I want to share three, four quick things if I can to you, to you here about changing sides. Because all of us, all of us have to make the choice to change sides, I didn't see the movie, but I understand in the movie, they put a little, they inject a little bomb or something inside. Of the, and so if they, you know, if you turn your, you, 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 you decided not to, it just blow up and everything will be all over. You just start all over, go back to the place you were. And I think that's what happens to a lot of us. It's because we're waiting on God. Fix me, God, clean me up, make me perfect. Make me the best husband, make me the best dad, make me the best worker. God, make me rich, God, make me healthy, make me whole, make me, you know, uh, you know get my cholesterol down, God. I still want a half a dozen Krispy Kreme two or three times a week, but get my cholesterol down, God. And God's gonna fix this, and that's not the way it works. We all have to choose something about you. Because here, here, so here's the first one. The first one is uh, that you have to start doing what is right instead of what is easy or convenient, you gotta, you gotta start choosing to do the right things. Now God, God forgives you of your sin, and it is well with your soul. 
When you say, Jesus, wash my sin, it is well your soul. You're on your way to heaven. I mean, he is smiling on you. But as long as you keep sowing bad seed into your life, you're going to keep reaping some bad, some bad crops. There's going to be some bad stuff happening. I mean, if you're, sti- if you're still the, the, the mean, I'm, uh, you know, excuse me here for just a little, but if you're still a mean SOB to live with, after, after you come to know Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. God ain't going to fix that. He's going to convict you of it. And, you know, they might be a little, one of those little bitty bombs that kind of goes off in your life and blows things apart because you are acting like you always acted to your spouse. You know, if you do that, that's what's going to happen to you. You have to decide. You have to make a change. And here's the, here's the really cool thing is that inside of every one of us, there is this desire to do right. There is. And the Holy Spirit, he pushes it because he's the one that convicts us of the bad stuff we do. So inside of us, there's this desire to do right. But also inside of us, there are these urges to do the, sometimes the easy, but a lot of times the things that are still dark. I mean, as you live in darkness for so long, you get comfortable with darkness and man, it's amazing. I mean, relate this back to the last three days and I just see how people have gotten comfortable in Honduras. They've gotten comfortable. You know, I want to say, hey, come on, let's let's do this and let's fix this. And people are just comfortable in some things. I'm talking about in their physical life. I'm not not necessarily the spiritual life. You know, I want to fix their house. You know, I want to say, hey, why don't don't we tweak this? Why don't we paint this, you know, and do all these things? And, And you know, you just live in darkness so long, you get comfortable with it. And if you're not careful, these urges inside of you they, they keep pulling you back. And so what we've got is we've got, we've got these urges and these urges, bad urges, wrong urges, and good urges. And so what we have to do is begin by choosing to follow the right urges. It's, it's pretty much that simple. You know, the old, the old uh, uh, story, the analogy of the, of the old Indian chief whose grandson came to him and said, said, and said uh, granddad, or I'm sure he said it in, in some Indian Native American language, you know, but he said, Granddad, you know, it seems like, it seems like you know, I, I just have this war inside of me. That, that there, there's, this, there's this dark dog and this, this bright dog that, that just constantly fight and fight and fight. And, and, and I, don't, I, I don't know what's going to come of it, you know, and I don't know how to. How to and he, and, he, sa- and he, said to, he said to his grandson, he said, he said, but which one wins? And he said, whichever one, it, it hit him, he said, whichever one I feed the most. And so you've got to start, you've got to start choosing to feed that brightness, that hero that is inside of you that, that God wants you to be, that Jeremiah 29, 11, the plan I have for you, the future I am dreaming of, that, that I want to give you this hope that I want to give you. You've got to start feeding that hope instead of just accepting the fact, because that's where some of you are, you're accepting the fact that you're a dark person. That you're a person living in darkness and you always will be. You need to put that to rest. You need to put that to death and say, that's not who God called me to be. And if God can do this for them, he can do it for me too. Number two, I I think that is focus on others. Yes, see others. Be part of the team. Okay, here's one of the things about the Suicide Squad, right? These villains had never been part of a team, really. I mean, sometimes you see villains in a team, right? But they really aren't part of a team. They're part of a team as long as it suits them. And you know what? That's the way a lot of us are also. We're only part of a team when it fits, when it's good. Ethel Barrymore said this, the best time to make friends is before you need them. You know? And that's, man, that's the problem with things today. You're, you're, don't you know people out there that the only time they need you, the only time they want you is when they need you? 
I mean, this is kind of the definition. You know, the people who, who, who never learned this, they're users. I know that sounds really mean-spirited, doesn't it? Pastor called him a user, you know. If, but, but let's think about it. The, these people that she's kind of maybe pushing us to think and make sure we're not that kind of person. They're the people that they only contact you when they need something. I thought I might at least get a groan or a sigh or something out of that. They are never there when you need them. And you never hear from them again once they've gotten what they want out of you. Sounds like the definition of a user to me. You know? And sometimes we all get there. Sometimes we, we can all be that way. We get busy with our life and we don't have time for anybody else. You know, okay, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll help you with that. And we forget it, you know? Or maybe even worse, you know, we say, I'm going to pray with you about that. And we don't even remember it 15 seconds later, much less 15 hours later or when the next time we ought to be talking to God and we forget it. We, we, we've got to, we got to get beyond this. We got to become part of the team. Watchman Nee, let me give you a quote from Watchman Nee. He is, uh, was a Christian teacher, writer, author back uh, actually in China in, in the last century, died in the 70s, I believe. And uh, he wrote, God permits us to be individuals, but he does not allow us to be individualistic. He even says, watch what he says, that what we have to have to be able to, um, to really experience what it means to be part of the body of Christ is we have to be delivered from individualistic, our individualistic uh, ways that we have. Deliver, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like I got a demon or something, you know? You need to be delivered from your individualistic attitudes and who you are. That's what it sounds He's not saying... You need to get better. I mean, he says, you need to be delivered from that. And we do. I mean, look around you in our society today, our culture today. You know, I saw, I'll be honest with you, third world country the last three days. I saw a lot more help, helpful people willing to just, I mean, step out of the way, be there. I saw a lot more helpful people than I've seen in the last probably three weeks around here. And I don't mean the church, I mean right here in our community. I've seen a lot of that. We, we do need to be delivered from this individualist. I've got my stuff. You know, when I'll get to your, when I get my thing done, I'll be, I'll be over there and I'll help you with your thing. And our thing never gets done because there's always something else to do, right? There's always something else that needs to be tweaked, something else that needs to be fixed. We, we don't have any time for anyone else. But, but as Watchman, he says, we need to be delivered from that uh, being of an, an individualistic person so that, as he goes on, we need to see ourselves not only as believers, but even more so as members. You are members of the body. You are members of his church. You are members of this team. And not just this team, but the team throughout the world that knows Jesus Christ as their savior. We are all, and we have to be members. So, so, so first of all, choose to do what is right. Second of all, see others. And thirdly, we're going to take this just a little bit, bit deeper in this, okay? Thirdly, choose sacrifice. Oh, uh, man, you know, I had no intention of saying anything really about Honduras today. But the last three days, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just consuming me. And it's a little, choose sacrifice. Why? Because Luke chapter 12, verse 48, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. Can I tell you something? The one thing that the last three days has done for me is confirmed that we are stinking, filthy, blessed in this country, the United States of America. And God did not bless us just because he likes us better than somebody else in another country. 
On the way home last night, uh, uh, I, I, I said to Brent, you know, I said, you know, I feel guilty that I get to ride home in an airplane back to my life and they have to stay here and live in this. And Brent said, and remember that most all of the world lives like that instead of living like us. So what do we need to do with that? We need to realize that we have been given much and Jesus says, to whom much is given, much is required. Every, every person in this room, every person in this room is richer than every Honduran I met the last three days. And if that's the case, then what do we do? Do we say, man, we've got it when God has blessed us and we just get to praise God? No, he didn't just give it to us just so we could worship him and say, God, you're good. Every single one of you is richer than every Honduran I met in the last three days. But he didn't give it to you just so you could, he gave it to you so that he could also say, now, now I've given to you, now you've got to do something. We, we need to get serious about sacrifice, about giving, about serving, about ministry. He, he didn't, I mean, I'm, I, sometimes I feel like we just need to load everybody up on a plane one Sunday and let's all go to a third world country and, so we can really understand, so we can really understand what it means to be blessed like we are. And why would God do this for us? It's not so we're prettier. It's not so we got more hair. Let me tell you, I didn't see many Hondurans with less hair than I got. It's not because of that. He's blessed us immeasurably because in the past we have been a blessing as a nation. We need to get back to pushing aside some of the stuff that we've got to have I mean, some of this stuff is killing, killing your marriages, it's killing your, your relationships, it's killing your time, it's killing your kids. We need to push some of that aside and get back to sacrifice again. Fourthly, let me, let me hurry. I didn't mean to spend all this time right here. Be real. It is so easy, especially in this country today, especially in our culture, it is so easy to put on a mask because that's what everybody does in our society, don't we? We put on a mask, and as long as it looks good on the outside, it doesn't really matter what's on the inside, right? The darkness can stay as long as nobody sees it. That, that's the attitude of our society, of our culture here in the States. As long as it looks good on the outside, it doesn't really matter. If you can keep it covered up, we, we don't really care. And so what we do is we do the same thing. And so you know what we've got is we got people in our, in our society, in our culture today, that are running around everywhere, and, and, and they're just running around every, every so often reinventing themselves. You know, reinventing themselves. And if you reinvent yourself, all you're doing is a lot of times is, is, is we're just putting on masks, we're putting on facades, and we're living something that isn't real. And reinventing ourselves without actually, actually doing anything about the inside. So what happens is these people that keep reinventing themselves, you know, nothing really changes. They're just the look of it changes. And then they say, well, I don't understand why life keeps falling apart on me. It's because it's a facade. You know, I mean, I, mean, I know people that, you know, they keep thinking if I keep swapping spouses, you know, if I just, you know, I don't have the right one yet. I get, a, you know, I get another spouse. I get, the, I get that perfect spouse and everything's going to be awesome. You know, and, and so they keep reinventing themselves as the spouse. But the problem is, you know, you can find that, that perfect spouse. You can find the right one. But as long as you're the wrong one, thank you, Brother Philip, and the chuckles over here. 
You find the right one, but as long as you're the wrong one, it doesn't matter how many you marry, how many you divorce and remarry. And, you know, and I'm taking this to an extreme, but I want you to back it up to where you are. Because some of you probably have even done that a little bit in your dating, right? And some of you do that with your jobs, or you've done that in the past. Or, you, or you've done it with something else in your life, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, change this, go here. Or change addresses, move to another state. Let me tell you something. If you think your family's going to be better in another state, if you don't change, the only way they're going to be better in another state is they go without you. I mean, really, we've got, to, we've got to realize what part we play in bringing the change that needs to happen so we can become the hero that God made us to be. We need to get real, we need to get serious, and we need to choose change. Okay, now I've come down real hard on you, haven't I? Because I wanted to bring you to this place right here. I wanted first to introduce you to a bunch of men and women, fictitious as they are, who were the dirtiest of the dirty, who were the most evil of of the evil, who were in the darkest places of all darkest places, even, even though it's fictional. And remind you of disciples and people in the Bible that God used them. And I wanted, you to, I wanted you to know that if he did it through them and in them, he can do it in you. Suicide Squad, yes, it's a fable, but yes. But more importantly, Simon Peter, the Apostle Paul, those that, some that Kyle was preaching about last weekend, See here, because here's the reason why you need to do that right there, get real, get serious, and choose change, is because there are super gifts that God, okay, this is, you know, this blockbuster sermon series of the summer, you know, we've been seeing a lot of superheroes, right? So I just want you to know there are some super gifts that God wants to give you, just like the super villains and the superheroes in all these movies, those are fables, but yes, in the same way, God has some super gifts he wants to give to you, but you can't forget. See, here's the problem is we say, oh, well, give them to me. God, I'm ready. But no, 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 no. We, you've got to, don't forget the first two-thirds of this sermon, all right? Matthew 13 and 12, this is Jesus speaking. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Jesus is speaking about obedience. You know the difference in hearing and listening? If you're not a parent yet, when you become a parent, you will understand the difference in hearing and listening because your kids will often hear you and repeat everything you just said, but they're not listening. And you know, Jesus understands that too because a lot of us do that with him. We hear his words, I know I need to love my neighbor. I know that, I know that, but let me tell you what they did to me. You know, that's the attitude we have. Well, that's hearing, but not listening. And, and, and when we start listening, then Jesus says, I'm going to give you more understanding. When you listen to this a little bit and you start obeying me in this, I'm going to give you more understanding of how my power will also work in a lot of other things. You know, that, that maybe if your big deal is not loving your neighbor, if you will listen to him and love your neighbor, and then, then he's going to start working some things out, you're going to say, well, what do you know? Jesus really knows what he's talking about. And then when you start listening to that, he's going to give you more understanding of other things, serious things in your life, those dark places of your life, those problem places of your life, and he's going to start giving you understanding. Why? Because you started listening. Not just hearing, but listening and doing what he's called you to do. Super gifts. Super gifts. And these people that I've told you about today, these people, they are 
They had powers and abilities beyond what? Beyond their natural selves and in spite of who they were. Because they were not heroes. They were worst heroes ever. And I'm not here really talking about the Suicide Squad in the movie. I'm talking about the heroes of the Bible that you've heard and read about over and over and over again. They had power and abilities beyond their natural selves, not because of the darkness in their life, but in spite of the darkness in their life. And if that's true for them, it can be true for you. So let me, let me introduce you to just a few of those, those spiritual, uh, uh, I'm calling them super gifts today, okay? Just, just to stay in, in the context of our, our, of our story. And this is 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. Paul writes, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, okay? Again, you are blessed so you can be a blessing. You are not blessed so you can say, look what happened to me. No, no, no. It, these super gifts are given to you. That's one of the things that the super villains in this movie need to, need to understand is they were not given this just, to, just so they could be strong. They were given this to help everybody else. For to one is given the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, to another faith, to another gifts of healing, and that dot, dot, dot in there... What that what there says in there had to cut it out, fit it on the on the screen, the slide. What that says there is uh, by the same spirit, meaning that you don't get to choose. I want to do this today. I want to do this. No, the spirit is doing this because the spirit's got a plan. He's got a plan for you. He wants to give you these super gifts to another gifts of healing, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Super gifts. Super gifts that, that in the middle of, a, middle of a problem, all of a sudden, man, you get a thought, you get an idea, and you, you, you thought you were just really creative, and it was the Holy Spirit who was speaking some powerful word to, to, to you in your spirit. And he said, but I, 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 again, again, pastor, are you really sure? I mean, you know, you just don't know the stuff I've done. I'm preaching a message today that the whole point of it is right here, okay? Because I want you, I, I told the prayer team right before, right before church, one of the last things I told them, after we'd even prayed, I think, it might have been before we prayed, but I said, you know, I want people to ask me for prayer, but you know what I want even more than that? I want people to walk in the door and start telling me about the miracles that happened in their life this week because they prayed the prayer of faith. Faith, oh yeah, that's one of those up there. I want people to walk in and say and tell me about how somebody at work, somebody at work, I told them that their child was sick, and I, I, I prayed for them, and they called me. They called me that night and said their their child was better when they got home from work, and thanked me for the prayer. Wait, 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 uh, healing? Yeah, that's one of them up there. You see, that's 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 the reason. This 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 passage of scripture right here is the whole reason for this message. But you know where I had to start. Because some of us, we, we look at that and say, there's no way that'll ever happen with me. Where did I have to start? I had to start in the darkness because that's where we all started. And I had to show you, I had, I had to help you say, I want you to get it today. It's yes, we all started in the darkness, but he doesn't leave us in the darkness. He's ready to bring us out, not just to be in the light, but to be his light. Every single one of us. So, so let me take you to one more verse of scripture before we, we bring you, come down front together. Acts 2.39. Now this is right after the super gifts were poured out for the very first time in the Bible. Acts 2.39 says, this promise, these super gifts, this promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles. That means everybody that's not a Jew. 
Okay? So even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God, all those people that were in darkness, he's talking to me and you. These super gifts belongs, belong to the ones who have been called out of their darkness. Have you been called? Amen. Can I call you this morning? Can I ask you to join me up front, if you will? And uh, if you're a first-time attender, we'd like to close up front with a final song and a final prayer, and we'd love to have you join us. If you, if you feel comfortable, please do so. Nine o'clock, y'all get to be the guinea pigs. You know, I really, you know, preach through this all week long, but I really preach at nine o'clock to figure out how long it really is. Wasn't too bad today, was it? <laughs> so figure out how long it really is. So the 1030, they get, they get the, okay, I got, I got to squeeze this in, whatever, whatever. Here's, here's what God offers you today. That sometime this week, Somebody said, man, I've got a problem that I just can't figure out. And what God offers you is that he would just speak into your spirit. Just some little word, thought, or direction. You say, well, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And as it's coming out of your mouth, how do I know this? Because it's happened to me. Y'all, sometimes y'all think I'm the smartest man in the world. I'm just one of those that's connected to the smartest in the universe. And it's rolling off of my tongue, and I'm thinking, where in the world did that come from? I've never even thought that before. I've never even had a thought that deep or that amazing before. And boom, it just gives them the, the, the direction they need. That's what God wants you to have. There's, there's going to be certain times that somebody needs that kind of, oh, uh, you know, we call it in the church world, a word of wisdom or word of not, not too long ago. Not too long ago, I, 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 was, I was headed in a situation that was, oh man, this one could turn south on me in a hurry, and God, this could be the end. Now, maybe not, but you know, we always think it could be worse than it is, right? And I, I thought, God, Satan's going to battle me through this whole thing. He is going to, every time I start to do what is right, he's going to tell me this is going to blow up in your face. Did you ever do that to you? You ever, you ever start to want to do what is right, and as soon as you do, you get all these voices around you saying, you know, not, not real voices, and sometimes real voices, but they're saying, this going to blow up in your face. You better be careful here. Don't go too far. Don't say the, the perfect right thing. Twist the right thing a little bit so it'll fit, and you won't make everybody mad. You know, and I was saying, God, if I do the right thing, I know what Satan's going to do. Every step of the way, he's going to tell me how this is going to blow up in my face. And I said, God, I really just wish, and it was like he spoke out of heaven. And he said, this is going to be okay. And you know what? It's like two of those gifts, those super gifts that were up there just a few moments ago. Word of knowledge, this is going to be okay. And the word of faith. You know what the, word, or, or the, the gift of faith? You know what the gift of faith is? It's when you look at it and you say, this thing is going to fall apart. It's going to, it ain't going to work. And God says, it's going to work. And you are able to stand and do it anyway. That is a gift of faith. That is not something inside of you. The only thing inside of you is stupid, blind luck like that, okay? That you just try it anyway, and you just happen to have luck about the whole thing. But to have that faith, that's what God wants to do for you. You know what God wants? God wants to put inside of you a, a, a power that is a super gift that when your child is sick in the middle of the night, 
and you can't get a hold of the pastor or a staff member or your small group leader, and you can't get in touch with anybody, that you can go into their bedroom and you can say, God, please break this fever. And it happened. God, that's what God wants. God wants you to have this super gift of healing to operate in your life. He wants you to have this super gift of faith to believe the impossible. And when it looks like it's going to fall apart for you to believe the impossible, God wants you to have the supernatural gift of faith so you'll quit giving your best to people that are just taking advantage of it. You'll have discernment of spirits. You'll know that this spirit is right or that spirit. No, no, no. We, don't, we need to stay away from that. God wants you to have that. And so what you're going to need to do is you need to listen to him. Be obedient this morning. These prayer team members are primed and ready to believe with you in prayer. And since Acts chapter 2, everything pretty much we read in the Bible, since Acts chapter 2, it was an agreement of prayer together. It was not one alone by themselves. And if you want that kind of a super gift this morning, you know, say, man, I've never, I've never believed it could happen in me. Let us pray with you today and just believe that God is going to start working these super gifts in your life. Because these super gifts were not given for an hour and 15 minutes right here on a Sunday morning. They were given for your seven-day, 24-7, all day, all week long. That's what they were given for. They were given for your family, too. They were given for your coworkers. They were given for your classmates. That's what they were given for. So would you let us pray with you? Bow with me, if you will. And as we start praying, just make your way.